and welcome to Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 3. Here we see the doors of Steppenwood Finishing School open up. We see the grounds being kept and the choir singing. And we are introduced to our protagonist, Nathaniel Mayweather, played by Chris Elliott for the first time. Get ready to set sail on Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 3. now at minute three where we see actual videotaped characters so rob find about Stephenwood finishing school i did i did of course do some research on Stephenwood finishing school one thing that i uh, discovered is that finishing schools traditionally for women not for men so we have the immediate juxtaposition is that the right word of nathaniel being in a finishing school for men. The uh, finishing school was shot at a Greystone Mansion, which is a uh, common uh, recording location in Beverly Hills. The uh, finishing school does, uh, Steamwood unfortunately doesn't exist. So uh, we have the finishing school, and then I believe followed by a pan down to the doors opening by the great Ralph Moratz. Correct, yes. He describes in detail the opening of the uh, doors at Steppenwood Finishing School and how this took three hours to get that one <laughs> opening sequence. His outfit didn't fit. He had to rip it up the back. The sign would not stay up, and they eventually, with some sort of hardware glue, got it to finally stay up. And the doors wouldn't actually open. The original intention was not to just to open them both at the same time, but they wound up just having to be opened that way. Yes. I was amused to learn that uh, his little pantomime of watering the flowers, he couldn't actually water the flowers because that was going to kill them because of how many takes it took. And then when he's walking back towards the interior of the mansion, he stops at the bushes to inspect a leaf, which was specifically requested by Adam Resnick. Uh, Ralph Moratz, he has been in, uh, he had a really long, like, bio. He's been an extra in over 2,000 movies, supposedly. His uh, IMDb page, not known for Cabin Boy, but he is known for both being an Independence Day and Rebel Without a Cause. So you can take that for some range. He was, so he's German. He was born in Germany. He was in Germany and France in the beginning of World War II. So between when he was like eight and 10 years old, he was like stuck in France in like uh, some orphanage or something like that and ultimately escaped in like 1941 or something crazy. Ended up in New York, graduated from Flushing High School in between being an extra in 2000 movies, he spent 30 years as a programmer and a manager at a bank in L.A. So Greystone Mansion is the place where this was shot. Uh, it's in Beverly Hills. It's been in a ton of movies. Cabin Boy was not listed in the Wikipedia article. But as of 25 minutes ago, now it is. There's a plaque that's at the actual Greystone Mansion that tells 
all the different locations that uh, all the different movies that were filmed there and Cabin mm. was not listed on that plaque. <laughs> uh, the choir. The song that they are singing is called Christ the Lord is Risen Today, written by Charles Wesley. This, this particular verse that they're singing is not the first verse. It's actually mm -hmm. the fourth verse. The first verse is Christ the Lord is risen today, earth and heaven in chorus say, which takes me to the actual lyrics of this uh, particular selection. I pose the question, well, let me read the, the lyric. Please do. So soar we now where Christ has led, alleluia. Follow our exalted head, alleluia. Made like him, like him we rise. Ours, the cross, the grave, the skies. Perhaps this would be uh, our philosophical pondering for the day. I, I reflected on that, on that particular choice of the opening lyrics and how this may relate to the movie. So soar we now where Christ has led, alleluia. I mean, not, not much to be said there. Maybe we can come back, but following our exalted head, alleluia. So that to me uh, could possibly bring up references of following the captain of a ship mm -hmm. um, or perhaps uh, <laughs> on a less uh, prominent note, um, the figurehead on the filthy whore, uh, played by Ricky Lake as the exalted head. Yes. So made like him, like him we rise. Perhaps alluding to uh, one's upbringing as a fancy lad and mm -hmm. uh, made in the spirit of one's uh, father. So you will be brought up in that world and rise like them uh, in the spirit of a fancy lad. Mm -hmm. And that last line, ours, the cross, the grave, the skies, to me, you know, speaks of adventure and uh, the, the tale, uh, the tale ahead to uh, bring boundless adventure. The way I look at it in kind of totality with the scene and the, the choice of lyrics there is that it's all an establishment of Nathaniel as this privileged spoiled creature who believes everything is his and that you could look at those lyrics you could look at them as a sort of a um, you know foreshadowing of some of the adventures that he's going on you could also look at it as a description of all the things that he believes belong to him he will follow in the footsteps of those who came before him, his father and all the resources that have been granted towards him. Uh, he will rise up above all the lesser people and then have the whole world is his. That's, and that's interesting because, and it's an interesting interpretation. And to be honest, I, I like it much better than mine. And to further give credence to that, you know, Nathaniel comes in on that last line. And the last line is, ours the cross the grave the skies implying yep. it's all ours even your god's cross is ours it's mine yep. so it speaks Easy. to that entitlement yeah exactly mm. yeah, that that's this 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 whole scene is providing that initial foundation of look at this ridiculous rich kid 
and just how overwhelmingly special he feels compared to everybody else. The look on his face as he sings those final notes, it's it's great. It it goes from complete psychosis to such pride in his existence and such pride in what he has done that is so much greater than that which would come from someone who has even the mildest bit of self-awareness. Someone who, you know, it's their farts or rose petals and their shit's made of gold. And they believe that fully. Yeah, I mean, pr- prior to doing these deeper dives as we're doing here with Cabin Boy Minute, I... Like most of these scenes, likely, I did not think much of this scene at all, you know, and uh, kind of all it all it seemed to me was like a vehicle just to get him to uh, sing in that silly voice and just seem, you know, establish what a jackass he is. And, you know, obviously this whole beginning does serve to establish him as a fancy lad but, you know, as we're doing now, taking this deeper dive and, you know, truly getting at the core of Nathaniel. Yeah, I mean, uh, exactly what you're saying. And and those the lyrics and the I mean, I'll have to look at his face in just a moment when I get there. I didn't particularly note the uh, his facial tics to indicate that as well. But being the you know, supreme actor he is, I'm sure he embodies it. You know, it's a good, sincere choir. I don't feel that I, I I don't know who these guys are. I don't know if you you found anything on these extras. I did not. Um, but during the commentary, so I, I counted them. There's 19 of them plus Chris. So there's 20 in total. There's a uh, three beards. Three of them have beards. I think two of them have mustaches. I was entertained by this. Uh, I have a note. What is going on with Choir Boy Number Four's beard? Because he has this crazy two tone thing. Yeah. Um, during the commentary, uh, the guy who's running the commentary with Elliot and Resnick goes, uh, where did you find all these handsome young actors? And then there's this like awkward silence. And then <laughs> Resnick <laughs> says, I don't know. <laughs> the other things I noted as they were panning across. So as again noted during the commentary, Nathaniel's clearly older than the other choir boys. He's also wearing gloves. For absolutely no reason, the gloves yeah, have nobody else is right. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, the gloves have always been uh, have hold have held a certain uh, warmth in my heart, just because again, it, it's part of this kind of opening construct of like here's this like incredibly rich, spoiled creature, but what the hell is he doing? Like, why is he wearing gloves? What's the point of that? Would you make the argument at this point that? This is even, maybe the gloves are part of this, but just in general, that trying to establish that even Nathaniel, as compared to other fancy lads, is very entitled, more than most. Yes. Yeah, it's, he is sort of the upper tier. I mean, he's the caricature of a spoiled rich kid. By how much would you, if you had to put a factor... Uh, on that is he twice as entitled as your average run-of-the-mill fancy lad let's let's give it a 50 he's 65 65 times more entitled than your regular fancy lad and maybe that's something we can uh, as we move along you know i mean the limo driver scene jumps out to speak at that i mean i don't think these other gentlemen here would be treating in the choir here would be treating the limo driver in in much the same way 
Well, so his voice, like he's definitely different from the rest of the choir. You see, he he does sound kind of angelic in a way. Yeah, yeah, like a psychotic angel. <laughs> I would love to know how much he practiced that. Well, and even Nathaniel, the character, I mean, it seems like he's taking this choir somewhat seriously. He, he doesn't seem to be phoning it in. Well, no, I mean, I think throughout the movie, he makes an effort at whatever random things he decides he's going to do. It's just whether or not it is worthy of him doing. And in this, obviously, he is enjoying the experience and thinks he's doing a wonderful job. Does he have supreme confidence or is he just an asshole? And, you know, yes. is there a difference? Yeah, I, I, I think those are one and the same. He's he's an asshole because he it's they're they're interlinked. Maybe that's a better way to describe it in that he's an asshole. He has no self-awareness. He has no care or respect for others. And through that, he then has the confidence to kind of do whatever to do all these things and to think that he will do well at all of them and has no interest or doesn't even begin to think about how he compares to somebody else. He just looks at what he does and goes, oh, that was great. The guy just below Nathaniel is looking down at the book multiple times as he's singing, which made me wonder, like, was the song actually written in the book or was the guy just trying really hard? How That's... many gags per minute would you say? What... I have it at 1.5. 1.5. All right. Explanation, please. Yeah, so gag number one is Chris himself. I'm sort of including him as his sort of persona in singing as a single gag. And then I add an additional half a gag for the gloves. All right. Yeah, I think you've convinced me of the extra half. I had one gag and yeah, I, I just took it more as like his voice. I would say we're pretty consistent on there and giving this a, an average of 1.5 gags in this first minute. Okay. <laughs> So who would you say, who who wins the scene? Uh, is it our buddy in the courtyard? No, no, it's Nathaniel. Yeah, Nathaniel definitely wins the scene. And mm -hmm. who would you uh, deem uh, seems most embarrassed to be part of this scene? <laughs> I have, uh, that was a little hard. I wrote down either choir boy number two, nine, or 18. I couldn't decide. <laughs> What could have made this scene more palatable to the general public? <laughs> I, truly, I truly enjoy that question. I, 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 don't, I, I struggled with that one. I couldn't come up with a good... I mean, the first thing that came to mind was like, well, you, you get rid of Chris Elliott, you just make him normal. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what sort of movie are you trying to make here is really the question. I know they were trying to do, by their own admission, you know, trying to do this, like, bizarre sea adventure. But, I mean, if you're talking about palatable to the general public, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think of, like, a comedy that's, like, universally accepted as good, I, like The Hangover. Universally accepted as, well, even The Hangover is, you know, it skews towards a more, like, male audience, right? It's got, um, and again, that that... Comedies are generally so targeted nowadays that I think you know you have to. Well, this, you have to... this this is for a male audience, no cabin boy. I mean, fair. I <laughs> guess you, you 
I mean, my wife, I, I got my wife to watch it at least once, and that was only because she loves me, and that was probably after uh, three years of marriage. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, same. Every, every woman I've ever shown this to is like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, okay. What if you replace Chris Elliott with Bill Murray throughout the entire movie? Right. How would Bill great. Murray play this? It's a great question. And is it any better? And what I, I would imagine the crew takes it much more seriously and probably gives Resnick a, a lot less harder time. Or even Tim Burton directing. I mean, how would with the same cast? If Tim Burton was directing this, they would this scene wouldn't be nearly as normal as it was. There would have been more weird shit in that like opening kind of through the gates. The the choir boys would be like half of them would be some sort of like weird monster. The painting would have been moving in the background, stuff like that. He would have he would have just upped all the weirdness. Well, they they describe, you know, their intention of this screenplay that when they hit the Hell's Bucket area, it was supposed to be like a Wizard of Oz moment where, like, she's finally in, uh, you know, Oz. Oh, okay, okay. That the tone of the movie was to change at that point, but it kind of got muddied along the way and didn't, you know, wasn't as stark as a change as it was. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't expect all of those Burtonisms to be in this um, beginning scene. Uh, maybe, I don't know, perhaps, perhaps a, a three headed uh, bird flying above the courtyard or something, just like what kind of movie is this kind of uh, thing? Yeah, a little more subtle weirdness is what I would think. As far as more generally pal- palatable, just back to my hangover comparison, because it helps me to look for a benchmark. I just feel mm-hmm. like, like commercially successful, you know, so and that's how we kind of would say that something is palatable to the general public. If it's commercially successful, regardless of who specifically it's catering to. Fair. To take this out of the cult classic status that it is and bring it to larger audiences with the inevitable remake that these, I believe, are the first steps of that happening. Oh, yeah. We'll revisit it, but I I just don't know. I don't know if it can with this material. I don't know. (laughs) That's that's my feeling. (laughs) But again, Bill Murray, Bill Murray starring in a Tim Burton production with some... Uh, what I believe are great jokes all along the way. It, it's got a fighting chance. I don't know what it looks like, but it's got a fighting chance. And then, uh, so the the last uh, question that we have here is funny, not funny. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to give it a big not funny. Oh, okay. I am. Uh, I categorized it as mildly funny, purely on the strength of the end well i'm gonna i'm gonna push back on that one and uh the 1.5 was fine but i think for this you got to come up with it is it funny or not funny it it defeats the whole purpose of doing (laughs) all right then uh okay so then if i have to just give it a plus minus then i'm gonna say it's funny 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 now is that own sentimental reasons like you know you see you see chris elliott and you're like here we go i'm watching cabin boy again and makes you chuckle or i just think back to every time i've watched this and that i laugh every time i see him singing like an idiot and i notice the stupid gloves he's wearing all right so it's the gloves that make it funny that's what you tell the gloves i like the gloves it's a good touch you're very glove focused in this i am all right well thank you everybody we'll see you next week for minute boy cat minute boy cabin boy Boy, cabin four
you again for joining us on Cabin Boy Minute. Please help spread the word, tell your friends about us, and rate and subscribe on your podcast medium of choice. Check out our episode notes where you can find calls to action, details on how to support the pod, or leave us a message. Or find us on Twitter at, at Cabin Boy Minute. We look forward to joining you again next week. Bon voyage!